Is 200 square feet enough room to live? And mama, I'm hitting the road. Let's learn a thing or two. Welcome back to the Dude Top Podcast. Welcome back, Thomas. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good. Feeling healthy. Feeling healthy, eating yeah. some banana nut muffins. Mm-hmm. The best type of muffins I've ar- I'd already... Well, blueberry is always always up there. If you get a good like blueberry with the good crumbles on top, oh, really yeah. like that. You know, like, as much as I want to say, like, there's fruit, it's healthy. The ones with, like, little sugar, like, crunch on top, mm. your little caramelization. Mm. Gilded with sugar. It yeah, it's definitely not the healthiest, healthiest type. Oh, but it's a great uh, treat. Muffin, but essentially it's a cupcake at that point. Yeah, but they're I mean chocolate chip muffins are cupcakes. Let's be honest. It's, yeah, it's too sweet to be a muffin. Muffins are supposed to be kind of well, all muffins mm. are sweet. It's just there's a there's a point that you pass. Yes, right? but you know what? we're not talking about muffins today. Interesting segue. Into- we're actually talking about well, I guess a muffin. And a cupcake. A cupcake is a mini cake. Oh. Just like how a tiny home is a, a mini t- house. It's a mini house. Today we're talking about tiny Scale. homes and van life. and Mobile living. Nomadic lifestyle. In this culture of, you know, we, we lived in these big homes. Maybe it's time to shrink down and be more minimalist. But, you know, van life comes with some ups and downs. And, you know, we're here to talk about it a little bit. Now, Thomas, you went to a convention. Yes, so I went. I went to an architectural convention, and one of the people there were Island Life Tiny Homes, and they gave us a little lecture about tiny homes with a big impact. So their main issues when they went into tiny homes was, well, why do you need a tiny home? It's because of you know there's a lack of affordable housing these days. There's an increase in consumerism. People just have so much stuff. Gluttonous excess. There's there's unusable space in cities that's kind of just wasted to the wayside, like empty parking lots, vacant lots. The lack of direction, direct connection to nature, which these tiny homes and these nomadic lifestyles give access to. And there seems to be an absent sense of community because everybody kind of just lives within their houses and their apartments and don't really talk to their neighbors anymore. Mm-hmm. So how do we go about living in a tiny home? Like what, how do we just like say farewell to everything else and downsize? And you know, it's funny. I was watching a tiny home, the tiny home show on Netflix yeah. last yeah. night. It's a good one. And um, these people were moving from California to Nashville into a tiny home. And I mean, it was a 400-square-foot home, which is small, but still on the bigger side. Yeah, of tiny bigger. Home. There's some tiny homes that are, like, two rooms, tiny. And then there's some tiny homes that are, like, a treehouse with three different rooms, you know. So when you kind of decide, it's like, well, what does the tiny home, what's it made of? Where is it made at? A lot of them are still, in a sense, mobile. They're built on trailers. Yeah. And Shipping then, containers many times yeah. that happen to fit trailers easily for shipping obviously yeah mobile kind of it works so all you have to do is create a sufficient dwelling size for the people who live there and if it's transportable and mobile you know you can put it anywhere Mm -hmm. you can your house doesn't have to necessarily be in some town every single year yeah 
Now, that does factor into some other things when it comes to the long term of a tiny home that I'll get into later. So tiny homes are also a platform for the minimalist lifestyle because due to the lack of space, you have to live life with only the necessities. Yeah, And and because of that, you also have to reduce your waste, which is good for the environment and it makes you more self-conscious about what you eat and what you buy. What's great, the best part about a tiny home I see is I always see a tiny home as a great connection to nature, mm-hmm. placing a tiny home somewhere that you can really envelop yourself within the natural world. Yeah. And, you know, tiny homes, in a sense, are the new, like, mobile homes where there's now communities popping up that have shared amenity spaces, which means, in a sense, your house could be even smaller. Yeah, yeah. Communal living is huge now, kind of, like, saving back. I mean... I'd hate to say it, but in many years, that's going to be absolutely necessary because there won't be enough resources. And um, over in California, there's already tiny home communities, which just think of it like a neighborhood, but everybody has their little house. That sounds that sounds like a beautiful thing. Sounds very free spirited, but it it honestly makes sense from a technical aspect and a you know organic you know for the environment aspect. So. Some of the important things that you need to think of when people design a tiny home is adaptability, modularity, carbon neutrality, circulatory, and then value appreciation. Okay. So adaptability. You need to have a tiny home that can adapt to your needs in a sense, and you will adapt to its needs as well, which lead into modularity. Mm -hmm. A lot of tiny homes, Tiny homes are always the place that you'll see the most creative ways to store junk. So it might be a bench that folds out into a table, which also folds out into a bed. Yep. Or the staircase that is also a set of drawers. Or I love that. Just there's so little space that you have to capitalize and maximize what you have available to you. So a lot of times people will create these things that might be a might just be a cabinet, but then the door of the cabinet folds down to then make a table for people to sit at, and then that's a space for people to work. That's so cool, Thomas. That's being that's being very like a, a tinker, master tinker, master craftsman, multi-purpose use for one thing. That is, that's so cool. Now, carbon neutrality. You know, if you live in such a small space, you only need so much electricity. So this gives an opportunity to kind of save your water and save your electricity, but also only focus on a renewable source. Tiny homes, since due to their size, and they're not running big appliances a lot of the time, they can normally run off solar. I was going to say, a couple panels, one, two, three panels, that'll do it for you, man. And because of that, you then kind of work, you kind of keep the cycle going, Mm -hmm. and it's really great. Now, tiny homes are amazing. They're some of the most incredible things of architecture I've seen of trying to create something functional with such a small size. But there are some tensions out there in the tiny home world. You know, you want to you want to build your tiny house, but you need to finance it. Yeah. It's very hard, almost impossible to get like a mortgage for a tiny home. Yeah, banks are going to look at you and be like this is not something stable cuz like you know, normally, I think historically the people going into the tiny homes have been free-spirited. Free they want to live off the grid. They don't want to 
pay an electric bill or anything that would support the community. They kind of want to not evade taxes, but kind of get off the grid more so than society is comfortable with. So there's that that kind of issue there. There's also nothing wrong with it. Though. The issue of due to the fact that a lot of these tiny homes are smaller than the size you'd need to consider a home due to zoning. That's also a big issue. It can't be zoned as a home. And since a lot of them are, are on trailers, they're then viewed as something completely different, which then makes it hard to insure. Yeah. It's very difficult to insure these things because they're not typical. Not at all. You know, if you want to get a, a RV classification, you might lose what makes your tiny home your tiny home or your mobile home a mobile home. And then you have issues like as much as you create less waste, you have to do something with it. So there's waste management issues. You're kind of waiting on the tensions and the advancement of off-grid technologies to before we really commit to living off in the world. Mm-hmm. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. There's, and then kind of one thing of, that I wanted to come back on was kind of the value of your tiny home. Now, with the tiny home movement this these days, everybody wants a tiny home. But no one wants someone else's tiny home. Everybody's building their brand new tiny homes. So because of that, your tiny home itself doesn't really go up in value. It kind of stays the same or depreciates over time. Unlike a house where you own land as well, the land is really the thing that gains more value over time, depending on the market, the area. But when you're in a tiny home, you don't own land. You just own the vehicle that is being placed on the land. Yeah, if it's mobile especially, you're just renting a spot essentially maybe. So it's an investment that you, in a sense, you never put back in to what you own. Mm-hmm. So that's another big issue when it comes to tiny homes these days. Now, kind of going back to the, the talk of a tiny home. Matt, I'd love to live in a tiny home. I, this is actually the second time we're recording this because it didn't work out. But the right after we looked at it the first time, I went to the, the lounge that's right out here, and I sat down and I Airbnb tiny homes for yeah. spring break. Okay. Did you find anything? I was I found some things, but I couldn't really find something in the area that I was looking. But I feel like it would be a great experience for a long weekend to go live in a tiny home. So I think I'm gonna look again, maybe broaden my search. But I think that's almost a great way to experience tiny home living without committing to the lifestyle. Cause a lot of people don't live in their tiny homes and I'm sure you'll get into it, the nomadic lifestyle. I'm sure people aren't in there full time. It's a lot of part time as well. So I know you stayed in a little tiny home. Yeah. Here's a, here's a picture of us living in this tiny home. It was now, unreal. Now that almost is just like a thing with four walls that you lived in, right? Literally, it was four walls, a front porch. Um, I brought my hammock to kind of sleep in outside, but there were four beds inside up in the loft. Ton of spiders. But you know what? No one was hurting anyone. No, we're all it, living in harmony. <laughs> it was, we were, uh, I was on tour with my band, and we were up near the Great Lakes, and in the woods of Ohio, we found this cabin, this little tiny home cabin. It is so tiny. I would say, I would say... Eight by ten feet, and then so like an eighty square foot home, maybe like eleven ten and a half feet tall. So it's 
it's a small space. Very small space. Um, it was awesome. It's all you need. The only thing that was tricky was the bathroom, but there was an outhouse behind it that's even smaller, just like go. a hole in the ground. And honestly, that was fine as long as you had like um, blankets. It did get cold. It was in July that we did this, but it got really cold at night and there was a fireplace, but we didn't want to make a fire. We made a fire outside and I cooked on it. I made breakfast on the fire. There you go. Um, it was a beautiful experience. I really felt connected. So we're going to go back to this place um, and there's a big cliff like right outside. Perfect setting for a horror film, honestly. <laughs> but um, no, it was, we played a show that night and drove back to it and we had our camping lanterns. No electricity. It was a beautiful thing. It felt completely refreshing. Completely I can refreshing. only imagine. Now, Matt, would you rather prefer the the nomadic lifestyle or the van lifestyle? I'm well. Perfect segue because I want to be a nomad. You know, I want the nomadic lifestyle to be a part of my life. I would love to have a mobile home, but not in the traditional sense of RV, recreational vehicle, which I'll give you a brief history of, but in the sense of maybe a van or eventually a school bus. Because you know what, Thomas? You build your own spaceship here on Earth, and you travel around. You fill it with the things you love, the bare necessities, and you're happy as can be. If I really break it down, you can put your favorite things in the world, like like tangible things. I'd argue you could make a, less, a list of 10 things that and bring you joy of tangible things. And then the other thing is just experiences, you know? Like 10 things that you need. Like, I don't know. My computer would be one of those because you know i can do so much on it i can work on it i can watch videos and get inspiration on it i can graphic design whatever you know anything so that's one of those things but this nomadic lifestyle has been around forever and people have always thought the same things let's cut back um save money um live communally um kind of live where the the crops are most fertile in the soil so the word nomad kind of comes from the Middle French nomade, people without fixed habitation. That's the translation. They're members of a community of people with fixed habitation, which regularly move to and from the same areas. So, yeah, you might come back to the same areas, but you're always kind of shifting. Such groups include hunter-gatherers, pastoral nomads um, owning livestock, or tinkers or trade nomads, which are fun. You know, they kind of yeah. sell their crafts on the road. And I thought about that. I was like, you could literally hook up a uh, pottery wheel in your bus or whatever and sell pottery on the road and some people would pay premium at art shows if you time it out right and and you could chase the heart art shows across the u.s exactly but like we said it takes a, a bit of a cost to kind of do that effectively it's not quite as easy there are some expenses that you might not consider which is why kind of i want the fusion of maybe having a tiny home and then having a nomad mobile home you know and, how cool would that be and you know i think when I, whenever I see these nomadic lifestyle homes, whether it's the crazy sprinter vans that have been re, redone to then have like a king size bed, a kitchen, They're and unreal. sometimes the really fancy ones have a bathroom in there as well. Yeah, with a shower, tile shower. It's a, it's a little narrow, but sometimes they can be rather long. But I think still the bus is the way to go. The bus is the coolest. The reason I love it is because it reminds me of, you know, you have your own Millennium Falcon or whatever. It's like, but on Earth, it's like this own modular spaceship. And that idea of modular, you can outfit it with anything you would like. If your luxury comes in the form of a king-size bed, you could honestly put a king-size bed in a mobile 
vehicle as long as you don't have too much other stuff. You kind of sort, pick and choose, and that's a beautiful thing. And who's to say you can't change that? So like, oh, I don't need a king size. I'll just get a twin bed because it's just me, and then I'll fill the other space with a bigger desk with some cool, like, I don't know, lights on it or something. Yeah, you know, there is... A furnace. There are different things you can do and similar to tiny homes a lot of it is modular so you might have a setup that can then change it from a desk into a table into the where place you sleep so you know even though it's a small space it's really making the most of what you have making the most of what you have and that's a beautiful thing that's what we need to do we're eventually going to be forced to do that so might as well start now and honestly simple living much less anxiety oh yes. much much oh, less yes. you have less to worry about things are where you need them there's not too many things you would need because you can rely on self, you know? Well, you think about the bare necessities, uh, water, food, shelter. There you go. Clothing is even optional, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you're in a cold climate, you should be warm. And you know, warm. not a lot of, this doesn't have to be a permanent lifestyle. You can be in it part-time. And that's that's why I want to be a teacher, Thomas, because I'll get those I'll get those sweet, sweet time, that times sweet, off. Sweet, sweet summer. And I'm going to go learn about the world through simplicity and bring friends along the way. So that's the goal, you know, eventually. I would love a van in the next year and a half to outfit it for weekend adventures anywhere, cross country, north, south, wherever I want to go. But eventually the bus, say this weekend I'm going up to Maine. Who would um, like to come? Who would like to come? I have four bunk beds in here. Um, I'll provide food, everything. I'll drive. You just have to give me your time and have a fun time. How awesome does that sound? That would be really cool. That's something that I'd love to go in with a bunch of friends, retrofit a bus to make it the adventure. Yeah. And you know, you learn a lot in the process as well. A hundred percent. I mean, a lot of people who start on these kind of nomadic lifestyles, they don't have the skills going into it and they learn as they go. And that's a beautiful thing. Learn by doing. You know, so as of 1995, this is the most recent fact I found. There are an estimated 30 to 40 million nomads in the world. Of course, many of them are like undocumented because it's hard to keep. It's track hard to keep them. track because right. they're moving around. Um, there are two huge factors that play an interesting part into modern nomadic lifestyles. Um, one is the rapid pace of technology um, advancing is decreasing the number of ancient nomadic people since it produces more reasons to settle down because comfort, Netflix, etc. Right. Um, the other reason, on the other hand, the internet allows people to work remotely becoming digital nomads, a way of life which anyone can work online while enjoying the flexibility to constantly changing locations. Freelancing. Freelancing. Um, you can teach online. You can do anything. Design Graphic design, online, photography. Email, as long as you have internet. And you can get internet anywhere if you, you know, have the resources. It's it's unreal. It's unreal. Um, that came from becomenomad.com, which is an interesting website because they're, they're promoting the nomadic lifestyle. But also there's some articles in there. It's kind of like a blog about the, the downfalls of why you don't want to be a nomadic, which is interesting because you should consider it because it is, yeah, it's a little more dangerous than living in stability of what society expects you to kind of live in. And I sound like counterculture out the wazoo right now, but <laughs> thank you. Gesundheit. But um, you know what? Simplicity, everybody's going to be shifting to it. You've seen that minimalist style. Like back in the Victorian era, it was intricate, delicate, everything. Curtains, fireplaces, gold, silver, textures, colors. Then you shift into colonial times, woodwork, kind of carvings. Then you shift into the 80s patterns, colors of that very particular 80s color scheme. Then flash forward 20, 20, 21st century, we're in the 20s again. The minimalist lifestyle, white, clean, edges, 
open space, well, you natural mi- light. That's well, that's in right now, and I don't think it's going away. I think it's going to emphasize even more into well, that. Well, you missed uh, the important time period of the like ni- beginning of the 20th century, so like the 19th, beginning of yeah, like yeah, 19th, early 1900s. Right, be- right before World War One. How would you describe it? Oh, uh, yeah, that the industrial is, era. Well, that is the modernist movement in architecture at the time, uh, the idea of just uh, justile and kind of the – the idea of ornamentation is kind of whatever, but modern, the future of modern design is like you can have something that is perfectly white, but there's still so much craftsmanship into making it so clean. Yeah, unibody or it's modular almo- design. It's almost as complex and intricate as the ornamentated previous woodwork. It's kind of a engineering feat to make something so sleek and contained. Like, look at our, our laptops, you know. Apple was huge to dev- design something like this because it was a, like a single piece of aluminum for this base, whereas other companies were many pieces of plastic and you could see seams and stuff. This is, this is it was space age, and now it's even more with the, the latest technology. Think of sci-fi films. It's so much white and stainless steel and just single unibody structures so simplicity and minimalism is the future and well these van life this nomadic lifestyle is kind of where it's at you know live with the necessities drop the materiality oh yeah that's the tiny home mantra the nomadic van life mantra and you know i'm sure there's negatives as well when it comes to van life yeah, they're uh, taxes. Um, you can't stay at some campsites for more than a couple days at a time. You can pay subscription fees to join those kind of RV clubs in America or other countries and, you know, get to go everywhere else. The U.S. is pretty strict on it because they don't want people, you know, they don't living, want living like living, yeah. hippies, you know. And I, I do understand some aspects to that, and other countries are more lenient because there's less kind of regulation of everything. Um, the U.S. has seen historic shifts of this like the hippie van the vw drug van the airstream culture huge cultural movements in the united states um that free spirit lifestyle um in europe wagons were built for like gypsies um that gypsy has like a negative connotation with it too like you gypsy you know because it's like a lot of them they kind of just go around they don't do anything yeah they were assumed as thieves you know and you know maybe that's the case for some instances but many cases they were just going to where it was most fertile just living this lifestyle that kept them alive and kept them doing what they wanted to so then you flash forward to the united states and rvs the recreational vehicle came about um so 85 percent of them are manufactured in indiana in the united states um in elkhart county which is the rv capital of the world hey it's got to be somewhere um Here's an interesting fact. This is what I'll send you off on. As of 2016, the average age of a person owning an RV in the United States was 45. Um, It was a three-year age decrease since 2015. So in one year, it dropped three three years in age. So So now in 2020, it's getting younger. More people are moving toward that kind of mobile lifestyle, or at least having part mobile. Um, I wonder what the statistics are for tiny homes and how many. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it's... It's increasing the amount of younger people moving into tiny homes because it's less to worry about, and it's getting more expensive to live, no doubt about it. Well, you know, maybe this is 
what we have to look forward to. Maybe it's going to be more popular being in tiny homes, in the vans, in the, the nomadic style. Uh, as I was saying, I'd love to stay a night somewhere in a little, a little tiny home. You have to. I'm looking for pictures inside this tiny home because I want to show you the bunks. Um, but I think for now, I think this is what we have for this week's episode of Two Top. Yeah. I think we learned a lot about the smaller lifestyle, the more minimalist lifestyle. And I think, well, you know, if you haven't experienced it, try to find an opportunity. Maybe there's an Airbnb for a tiny home somewhere. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next time. For another Two Topics. See ya. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.